launching the first podcast for Two Broke Miners. Welcome to a bunch of nerds talking about a bunch of shit. It's going to be great. So, what should we talk about? Well, we can talk about uh, Coin Agenda. Okay. Which starts today. Coin Agenda Caribbean. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. By our good pal, Michael Turpin. Turpin is a delightful human being. We have some panels. We. What's your panel on? What are you speaking about? I am speaking about the future use of NFTs. Where does all this go? Mm -hmm. And I'm. I, I think I'm on a panel with three people that just do NFT art, so it's going to be interesting. So you're going to talk tech, and they're going to yeah, talk quite JPEGs. Possibly. Yeah, uh, the thing with NFTs is it's really just a unique piece of data. So really, anywhere anywhere you need a unique identifier, you can put an NFT. Um, for whatever reason, we decided to start with JPEGs, which seems like the the worst possible place to start for using <laughs> NFTs. How about passwords? How about other places where you need... You Explain need... a password NFT. I've never heard that concept. It's a key. So if you if you have the NFT, all you need is a third-party service to look and see if you have the signature. Send you a message and you sign it. To own the NFT. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you own the NFT, then you have access to that profile or whatever it is. That sounds really dangerous. Your passwords are now fungible or liquid. Not fungible, but liquid. But they're liquid. And FT. Oh, that's right. I'm yeah. just talking about FT. FT. Shout out like, FTT token, no. greatest token of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fungible token. That's right. Fungible token. <laughs> Sam was a genius. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. Indeed. He had the original FT. Oh. Anyways. So if, if I get hacked and I lose my NFT, I also lose my passwords. Yeah. I like that. Same with uh, one pass or any of the other like last pass, pass last pass or all those things. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's they have one password and they have all your passwords. I just put it on chain. Yeah. Why do you need an NFT? Can't you just sign a transaction without an NFT? Just NFTs are cool. Ah, oh, forgot. You can raise money <laughs> around right. NFTs. See, this is the kicker. That's it? right. Why do you need a token? It's because tokens are cool. Why uh-huh. do you need an NFT? Because NFTs NFTs are cool. are cool, dude. This That's is a, right. we were at the Buildle conference yesterday. That's the first conference I've ever been to where I had no idea what was going on. I sat in on a bunch of talks and I was like, I don't understand any of the words coming out of these people's mouths. Like they're talking about Web3 and all these other things. And I'm like, people, it was the worst feeling ever. People like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, "Um, I mine. And they're like, oh, you mine like, and they list a ton of other chains. And I was like, nope, just Bitcoin. They're like, oh. Like, that's lame. I was, for the first time ever, nah, definitely not ever. I was not the cool kid t- yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I've always not been the cool kid, but especially not yesterday. So Web3 conferences are fascinating because you can ask just about everyone at a Web3 conference what Web3 is, and you'll get a different answer each time. <laughs> and it gets very, very abstract very, very quickly, and it's like deer in headlights. I love it. Jack Dorsey just uh, trademarked Web5. Mm. So he's, yeah. he's front-running Web5. What do you think Web5 is? It's where uh, everybody's brains are connected. Web5. Yeah. It, it, must, it has to be a meme trademark, but... It, it's It's got to be something other, right? Like something outside of Web3. So Web5 is the Matrix. Um, Web6 is Andrew Tate. Escaping yeah. Web5. So God. we should... We should uh, Absolutely, he should be on the podcast. Tra- trademark Web6. And website. We need to do that before we release this episode. 
Absolutely. That, absolutely. Well, web, go to web6.com. <laughs> Buy the NFT mm-hmm. and the token pre-sale today. Uh, you'll be fabulously wealthy, and we will not abscond with all your money. We promise. This is uh, not investment advice. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not. Uh, do your you own can, research. Do your own, do your own research. That's right. Shout yeah. out Kim Kardashian for taking an L for the SEC, right? You heard tell about us, this? No. Tell me about <laughs> this. So she, on her Instagram maybe, promoted Ethereum Max. Okay. And they paid her to do a post. And it was very obviously a... a like a promotion. It was a promotion of a security, straight up. Yeah. That's what the SEC ruled, and they had to pay like $20 million or something. Because in order to promote a security, I think you have to be a broker-dealer or a Series something. 63 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it has to be to accredited investors or something. Like yeah, that. there's there's like very specific rules about marketing securities. <laughs> and since Ethereum Max was ruled as a security, she then got slapped by the SEC for marketing an unregistered security. Wow. All right. So that's fun. Thank you, Kim Kardashian, for taking, taking an L. Taking the lead on that one. Appreciate it. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> always, always leading us uh, in the fashion. Uh, Listen, one wise man once told me on Clubhouse. What's it mean? Bitcoin <laughs> is about stacking the riches and big booty bitches. All right. <laughs> it definitely was not me. That's, uh, that's what it's about. All right. All right. Bitcoin is about. Stacking the riches and big booty bitches. And Kim Kardashian falls into both categories. <laughs> so if she's not Bitcoin, I don't know what is. And taking the lead on uh, securities. Got it. <laughs> taking the lead on securities violations. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All right. I think I I turned off most news and media 2015. So <laughs> this podcast is going to be fascinating because I've uh, I've really done... You've opted out. I've, of, I've opted uh, out of... You've just been asleep for the past 10 years. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So you can gradually inform me of everything that I've missed. Uh, yeah. I... Uh, yeah, I miss a lot. So Excellent. Let, this let is going to be great. Tell, tell me all about pop culture and something about Ashton Kutcher. I mean, listen, as you can tell, I am a pop culture icon, naturally. Yeah. If you don't know, it's my right. Twitter, listen, it's popping off, all right? Elon likes my tweets, all right? I've got a video. T- tweet, singular, <laughs> singular. Hey. We're, we're getting a little, listen, taking a liberty. You know? Listen, it doesn't, you're worried about the details. I'm just trying to tell a story, all right. okay? All right, all right. Elon likes my tweets, okay? I've got posts that have millions of views, all right? Yeah. I've got posts with hundreds of thousands of likes on them. Mm-hmm. So take it from me as being the social media influencer that I am. Yeah. Empirical evidence speaks to such Yeah. that I know I've got my finger on the pulse of what's hip nowadays. I've, all been, right? I've been on Twitter once. <laughs> Ryan Condren's Twitter last updated I, three years ago. So Marshall Long's Twitter is absolutely fascinating. Popping off, yeah. to say the least. Um, you can also see Marshall Long's Twitter on the front page of Reddit, actually. <laughs> so if, you're, if, if you miss a tweet or you want to know what's coming up next, just go on Reddit. You know, I didn't think we are going to be exposing each other on this podcast. <laughs> Listen, what my Twitter bot does is none of your business. All right, You haven't seen the code. You don't know what it is. That is true. You're drawing wild conclusions that my bot scrapes the front page of Reddit and just posts it. It's none of your business what it does. <laughs> How dare you? Okay? From a developer to a what? developer. Can we even call ourselves developers anymore? We're trash. I developed something. 
So, huh? like, I, the last thing I developed was this trash can Twitter bot that literally every other developer knows that I made it, makes fun of it. They literally tag me in tweets yeah. just to get the bot to go. See, the mistake though is like going with Reddit. That's going to be popular. You need to go with like something like StumbleUpon. StumbleUpon. Like, Do you remember that? Yes. Is that still a thing? Okay, I, I've got to look. I don't know. Look up StumbleUpon. Absolutely. I've got to look. Stumble. Let's get it. Let's see what the first one is. So Marshall's not the only one that scrapes Reddit, but stumble upon. <laughs> you know, uh, looking for a sponsor. If uh, you never heard of it, it's Bitcoin what? Talk. Oh, Bitcoin Talk forums. Yes. The cesspool that it still is today. Venomous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody doxing each other. Yeah. That was fun. I've got several posts being doxing me. That was great. Yeah. You have a few, I'm sure. Listen, if you weren't doxxed on Bitcoin Talk, you're definitely not an OG. Mm. If you don't have posts that say that like you eat babies on Bitcoin Talk, <laughs> you're not an OG. That's just a fact. It's I, a rite of passage. I feel like we need a Twitter bot that scrapes Bitcoin Talk. And posts them. And just reposts all the old threads. I'm literally adding that next week. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. And that'd be great. Absolutely, just, that's just awesome. Just start dragging out all the old coin releases. So I have a confluence of stories. You're going to love this. Okay. At Coin Agenda 2015 or 16, a guy from Bitcoin Talk that tried to dox me yeah. met me in person at Coin Agenda. <laughs> and like he apologized profusely and I was like, wow. okay, what? it's all good, dude. Like That was like years ago. And he's like, well, I'm dying of cancer, and I want to apologize to the people I did wrong. And I was like, that got dark quickly. Oh, wow. And I was like, maybe you got the cancer from being so fucking toxic. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, it was like a five-minute conversation about yeah. him being regretful and all this stuff. He, he went by the handle Bruno on Bruno. Bitcoin Talk. Okay. How, um, how is the cancer going with Bruno? Don't know. Never gave me his contact info. Bruno, if you're out there, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to have you as a guest. We'd love this. to interview you. Two Rogue Miners would love to have you. And uh, you will have to pay your own way <laughs> to wherever we may or may not be. Yeah. So, who should we have on the show? Let's. Uh, let's I want to have people that nobody knows. Yes. And people that we don't know. Like, maybe just go out on the street and grab a random person. And ask, and them, ask what them what Web3 what, is. Ask them what Web3 is. Yeah. Ask them what, what is Bitcoin. Or we go to Peter McCormack's house and we say, we, that's all we do. What is Bitcoin? Shove the mic in his face. Yeah. And that's the podcast. It is a five-second clip of him saying, what is Bitcoin? That would be a great episode. Background on Peter McCormack. Exactly. Yeah. That would be a good guest. All right. We could do, um, I want to do uh, the guy that does the Between Two Asics podcast. Oh, That would one. be funny. What's it? Tatum Turnup, that's his name. We could do, um, I want to do a podcast like in a pool, like a Satoshi round table. Okay. Or like in a bathtub, like you're in a bathtub somewhere, I'm in a bathtub somewhere else and we're <laughs> so it's a, doing a video. Not, not the same bathtub. <laughs> not the same bathtub. <laughs> I look, I don't have Ryan Condren money. I don't have uh, a bathtub that big. I mean, that's... Listen. Yeah. I don't have a bathtub that fits more than one person. <laughs> And I'm assuming you do, because I didn't even know that was a thing. I there there are bathtubs that fit more than one person, or just one very large person. So <laughs> there there's that. Is that a fat joke? Uh, <laughs> I mean, some people short-lived podcast. Some people prefer <laughs> to fill the tub and then turn on the water. 
But <laughs> oh man, so, if you want to so, be a guest, just tweet at us. Yeah, and we'll we'll have you as tweet, a guest. Tweet at tweet at Marshall because Ryan never gets on Twitter. I rarely on Twitter. I, you have a phone with Twitter installed. I have a couple phones with Twitter installed, okay. and now I, he's now he's got multiple phones. Low, right? low power flex. All right, <laughs> got uh, got multiple phones. At least for ones for Pokemon Go, right? At least one. Yeah, that's right. right. Excellent. <laughs> okay, let's talk. Okay, Pokemon Go. Where did it go wrong, dude? I was in the beta. Yeah. Hardcore. When I was living in Boston, I was in the beta, and it was the reason it went bad is because the beta was open. Okay. And there were so many people playing. It was a terrible, laggy experience. It was so bad. And that really turned off a lot of people. And the open beta was for like way too long, like six weeks or something. Hmm. So for six weeks, you're just like trying to, like, you won't connect. Or when, you, when you're in, you get kicked off or like the, the events that are but supposed to happen don't happen. They made it through beta. They launched it. And it was a crazy success. Yes. And then when they started releasing, like there are two camps. I don't know if you're still a big Pokemon guy. My brother and I are. It's a whole thing. So... We grew up where we were able to get cable for free cable for two days a year, and those two one one day in the spring, one day in the fall. That was like <laughs> the, the the cable companies like gotcha. Okay. And that day, my brother and I every year would watch nothing but Pokemon, and we would sit in front of the TV and we watch Pokemon, and it was okay. sick. Yeah. And so, like, my brother and I are still like hardcore Pokemon, Pokemon fans, but we for are two divided. Days out of year. That's right. That's, okay. We're divided into two camps. I am the original 151 Pokemon. Okay. My brother is about all of them. And all so the Pokemon. after they started releasing Gen 2 and Gen 3 Pokemon, the OGs that were like, oh, Pokemon's just the original 151, just stopped playing the game, which was a gross majority of the people who are nostalgic to play Pokemon on their phone. Interesting. So now we have millions of people flooding into Pokemon Go. They're running around with their phones. People are literally like walking off the sides of yes. streets, off of bridges, like just not even paying attention, mm-hmm. getting hurt. Um, fantastic use of augmented reality. Like actually one of the very first successful at mass uses of augmented reality. And then it just seemingly died. Mm-hmm. So it was riding also the wave. This was just before... Um, Pokemon started to make a comeback, like the trading cards started to, mm-hmm. just before they started to make a run up and it had an impact on that running up. And then that coincided with NFTs running up and yeah. that coincided yeah. with, so there's a bunch of events that like kind of ran into each other and people started caring more about the physical things than playing a game. Yeah. So here's, here's my theory because everyone's metaverse. Everyone's like talking metaverse, like Facebook changes their name to Meta. How insane because, is that? I mean, just stupid. How insane but is that? But they're so focused on Metaverse. But the reality is I really think augmented reality has way more use cases in the immediate future than Metaverse does. But there's not a good wearable to do it all the time. Like, nobody wants to hold their phone up yeah. and just go through the world like this. Yeah. When if Google Glass was better yeah, or if there's like a contact lens or something like that. There needs to be a wearable. I think there's a company named Humane that uh, a bunch of old Apple people left mm-hmm. um, to start. I think they're developing a wearable for AR. 
but yeah, I agree. Like, who doesn't want to live in Cyberpunk 2027? Yeah. And, like, live a video game as life. Or having, yeah, video game overlays on real world. So it's, you don't need uh, paintball parks anymore. You don't need, you know. I would love call to just of, be call able of to duty, see people literally. and see their name if I've met them before because I'm really bad with names. And I'm the oh. guy when you definitely have yes. met me before and, I'm, and I can't, I guess, like I have a problem putting faces back with names. And I'm like, hey, you, good to see you. <laughs> and I totally have no idea who you are. I have that happens a lot. Same issue. And I would love to have the name of the person above it and how I know them. Yeah. Because I've definitely met these people. Yeah. They know intimate stories about me that we've shared, and I just have fucking amnesia. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's terrible. I have the same thing. But we're constantly going to conferences. You're constantly talking to people. Uh, you tend to be more memorable because you're either on panels or you're speaking. So people are constantly coming up to you. And it's just, it's really hard. And we're, we're like, the arrogant people that okay the people who pretend that they don't know you. <laughs> I don't. Pre- I don't pretend. I just. But it feels like yeah. it's pretend. Oh, because these people have definitely met us, and yeah. I'm like, never seen you in my life. I, I I meet the same people for the first time over and over, <laughs> and over again. It's it's quite thrilling. You're literally uh, living 50, 50 first dates. Yeah, Is that the name of that movie? Yeah. yeah. But no, you're right. Augmented reality overlay with information to remember, like that would be fantastic. Yeah. So I saw a concept at a Japanese conference a while back, but it just looked gross. It's got to look like these. It has <laughs> to look like this, and it cannot be bigger than this. So all you hardware designers, listen up. Very easy task. Just make it look like this, but project on my retina what I want to see. How hard is that? Without burning the retina, please. But even with like... Google Glass, right? They had, uh, what, what was the name? Glass holes, they were calling them, because the guys that were like <laughs> yeah. walking around San Francisco, and a lot of the businesses were actually banning Google Glass because people were walking in and they were recording, recording. and a lot of the local businesses uh, started really hitting it. But the, this was. The only person I ever know ago. that used Glass to great uh, extent was uh, the guy who started Storage.io, Sean. I forget his last name. Oh, storage. He had the, the with a J. Yeah, storage storage.io used to be the name of That's it. Right. It was uh, Filecoin before Filecoin. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of decentralized storage plays now, but that was one of the original. Yeah. And the 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 guy who started named Sean he mm-hmm. used to always wear Google Glass everywhere, everywhere he went. Yeah. I wonder what happened to Sean. Sean, if you're out there, Sean, we'd out. love to have you. We'd on the love podcast. to have you on the podcast. We'd love to hear about your glass hole experience. Yes, indeed. And uh, let's talk augmented reality. That would be great. So if this is running in the background of your just average workday, then you know, <laughs> appreciate you listening along. But I mean, yeah, so far so good. I, I'm not mad about it. Why don't you tweet topics like like send yeah. us some topics that you'd want us to discuss if. I mean, what have, what have we been doing with our lives? For the last 10 years, both Marshall and I have been writing software in the mining space. We've been working with hardware projects. We've been consulting. We've been advising. Uh, we've been just, I don't know, just pissing around. You, you need to tell people stuff. who you are and Do what I? your background is and your Bitcoin story. Should we just start with intros? Do- Let's do intros at the end. That's great. So let's do them. This is perfect. So so who are we and why should you care? Um, at the end. Well, once you know who we are, you're really not going to care. <laughs> that's right. That's so why we do it at the end. end. 
so yeah, do you want to go first? Sure. Go for it. Started mining in 2010. Uh, I think November, December, something like that. Oh, early. In Houston, H-Town, hold it down. 2022, uh, wait, wait, world champions, that. okay? What, what were you doing before you started mining? Oh, That's... I was a uh, design engineer for paint spray booths. So Paint spray yeah, booths? Yeah, man. If you need to paint your car, EPA apparently doesn't like you just spraying it in the open. Yeah. So there's enclosures and filtered areas and... It's all about airflow, which actually came in very handy later. Okay. Um, so I designed paint spray booths for a company. Yeah. And th that company sold paint spray booths, and that's it. And then uh, I moved to Houston in 2010 to yeah. uh, live with my now wife. And so that worked out. Huge win. Um, she stuck around. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. I've got dirt on her. That's why she's. <laughs> I got dirt you on hold, her. You hold her visa. Dude. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> the first time my Sorry, dad, Emily. first time my dad ever met her, I I shit you not, in front of her and me, he said, "Hey, like, are you willing in this? Like, do you, does, <laughs> does he know stuff about you that you don't need anybody else to know?" And I was like, "Dad, what the fuck?" He's like, "Dude, she's way too hot for you." What she's, are you talking about? She's out of your league. Yeah, it was not cool. Oh, that's great. And um, so then I uh, was working on an iPhone app at the time. Okay. Uh, to track, like, like you could put an iPhone on mm -hmm. a putting green and it'll track your putter and oh. give you angles. Come to find out, iPhone 4 was not powerful enough to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think it was an iPhone 4. I don't remember. Cool idea, though. Um, and do you have a little guy, hardware component for no, it to mount on your No, just the phone. And you okay. put the phone here and you're putting here. And it oh. would just track your golf head. Oh, gotcha. So we could do it, but not with good granularity. So we killed it. But the guy I was working on it with... He, we were at lunch one day. He's like, dude, I found this nerd money online that you can make with your computer. You got to check it out. And then he started showing me about it, and I just got addicted. And so I went home and disassembled my computers and my laptops, and I started running on a CPU. Nice. And that's how I started mining. So you went from painting cars to mining Bitcoin. I didn't paint the cars. No, oh, okay. okay. I'm not nearly artistic or talented enough. I can do one thing very good, yep. and that's mining Bitcoin, and that's it. There you go. Can't paint a car. Was barely good enough to design a paint spray booth, which yeah. is literally just a bunch of Lego pieces. So don't give me more credit than I deserve. <laughs> I, well, I came dangerously close to that, didn't Indeed I? you did. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. So, okay, 2012, what was the shift then? T 2010. 2010. Um, was just dicking around with it. And started, uh, you know, looking at, I didn't know anything about like financial inclusion or anything. I come from the dirt. I don't know. I don't have any money at this point, like barely scrapping by and just started mining Bitcoin. Yeah. And then got introduced to a few other people in Houston at the time. There was a small community built up around it. That's early. Yeah. And okay. uh, then ASICs started coming out after the GPU wave. So then I turned my GPUs off and tried desperately to get my hands on a Butterfly Labs ASIC. Yeah. I got one. Really? When it got delivered eight months later, I totally forgot I bought it. Yeah. And when it when it came, there was it looked like a, a sticky ring where somebody had set a soda can on top of it. <laughs> so they were absolutely mining this machine for eight months. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and wow. uh, then I sold it the next day. So I mined with it for a whole day and okay. sold it for 2x. Nice. On eBay, and I am probably the only Butterfly Labs customer who actually made money. 
It was great. Oh, that's funny. I had a five giga hash jalapeno. Yeah. A little square one. It was awesome. I, I think my buddy Kyle still has his uh, little jalapeno, but yeah, he was on the wait list for a long time. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. It was awesome. Man. And now we've come ways and ways and ways. Yeah. And we're still broke. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full circle. <laughs> Welcome back to the bear market. Um, wow. Now you tell us. Yeah, I can't even imagine what a Bitcoin meetup in like 2011 would have been like because I went to a bit my first Bitcoin meetup. I think meetup meetup is a bit generous. It's yeah. like three dudes eating dinner. Oh, that's about right. Yeah. yeah. In 2013, I went to one and it was weird. So I can't even imagine two years earlier. Oh yeah. Just like. Oh yeah. Okay. not it wasn't a meetup. It was like no. the two guys that you know. Yeah, that do Bitcoin. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so I heard about Bitcoin in end of. Well, late 2012. So I was working as a web developer at a small college in Southern California. And so you built the crappy Blackboard sites? No, actually, I was, yes. But I was also, <laughs> I was, that's funny, you know, about Blackboard. Yeah, I went to school and dropped out. Yeah. I know about Blackboard. <laughs> there you go. All right. uh, we were working on a, well, I was trying to pitch IT on programming our own you know, LMS alternative, but yeah, everyone uses Blackboard, unfortunately. Um, so I just wrote a bunch of other applications for them, like admission applications and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but during that time, uh, so I was in, I was in IT doing web development and one of my coworkers, uh, Kyle, uh, had come across Bitcoin because his buddy you had and told Kyle worked together before you got into yeah. Bitcoin. Uh -huh. Yeah, we had worked together for like a year before he, he told me about it. And uh, he said he had, was on the, the wait list for Butterfly Labs because he found it. And he was doing a bunch of research. And that's when we signed up for BTCE and started mining Litecoin. So we bought a bunch of graphics cards and, and oh, started yeah. uh, doing a bunch of uh, calculations to find out what other altcoins were out there. So uh, that's where Bitcoin Talk came in because we were constantly looking on Bitcoin Talk to see the different announcements. Oh, you guys and were then, the ones who would scrape GitHub and jump on them first. Yeah. You sons of bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's what we realized is you could actually search GitHub for some key files. So anytime someone forked any of the projects, uh -huh. you could find those files, the, the C files, popping up all over GitHub. So basically, anytime someone forked a coin on GitHub, we would literally just download the source code, compile it, and mine against it for 24 hours. Why not? Guys are terrible. So we ended up just with a ton of random coins. Um, the original shit coins. The original, like the original, original, like the shit coins we have now, like are nothing compared to the shit coins. Like we had Bill Murray coin. Oh hell yeah! We had uh, barbecue coin, which I actually met the developer of barbecue coin like years after the fact. It uh -huh. was hilarious. Um, Ron Paul coin, 42, 42, I mean, the goatest of goat, yeah. only 42 coins in existence. That's right. Was, was terrible for accounting because everything <laughs> was just so fractional, uh, fast coin that had more forks in their chain than yeah, any other chain. Fast coin had like one second block times or something crazy. It was right? 10 second, uh -huh. but they couldn't, they could never come to consensus and Right, because the, the network, you can't propagate blocks fast enough. No. So there's constant stales, there weren't orphans, enough, yeah. and, and forks. And the, no, the, the network wasn't a solid enough. There weren't enough nodes running to, right. to ever come to consensus very well. So oh. that, was, that was always fun. And so anyway, so we were downloading all these different uh, 
code bases and mining. And there's an old calculator game called uh, Drug Wars. And in college, we'd play this game called Drug Wars on the TI-83, where you'd go between, you know, the different cities and you'd sell weed or whatever. And it was an arbitrage game. And you'd, like, run for the cops and all that stuff. Um, and I had this idea. I'm like, well, hey, there's Mt. Gox, there's BTC, there's Vercorex. And they have crazy spreads of like $13, $14 sometimes in the price of Bitcoin. I'm like, why don't we uh, build a arbitrage game? Even if it's not a real game where you're actually moving the money, then that will come later. We just wanted to build an engine that was just the game and we were going to call it Coin Wars. So this was the idea was it was going to look like a TI-83 calculator and it was all command line input where you just move between these different worlds buying and selling cryptocurrency. Um, and that was the original idea. And then we realized, well, we have all these different shit coins, essentially, and we wanted to do the profitability calculations of which coins should we start acquiring based on their exchange rate. Um, and then we had all these profitability calculators that we created. And rather than just having them in our Excel spreadsheets, I told Kyle, I'm like, hey, we own coinwars.com. Just go ahead and post all the profitability of all the different coins. So in early 2013, we launched Coin Wars. And for those who don't know, Coin Wars used to be the go-to place if you're doing profit switching, trying to use your GPUs while ASICs were proliferating. That's a I used that site long before I knew you. Yeah, so it was uh, it was like Coin Market Cap before Coin Market Cap, and Kyle for, did a for, gra- for mining profitability. Yeah, for yeah. mining profitability. And then you guys did Pool Wars. So that's when we quickly realized that there were all these different coins and the network hash rate was growing for all of them. And everyone was solo mining the majority of these things. And there just weren't stable mining pools for a lot of it. So especially for the script coins, when script ASICs started coming out, um, we realized that now we needed pools for the script coins. So uh, we started building pools. So we launched Pool Wars towards the end of 2013. Um, we launched a wait list for it because at the time, um, we were just doing everything on bare bones servers and I didn't know how much load these pools were going to run because mm. I was running, I think at one point I had a, a server host on OVH and I was running 20 pool instances on a <laughs> single server. And then I was running 20 daemons, mm-hmm. uh, on another server for the actual coin nodes. And I was just maxing out these servers. So I didn't just, I didn't know how much load these things were going to take. I didn't know how much overhead actual, you know, share uh, traffic was going to take. I mean, this is all like really early. Mm. So we ended up launching 40 different script pools, 40 different shop pools in 2013. And we uh, did a wait list. And in, I think it was 48 hours, we had like 14 or 15,000 people waiting to get into pool wars. And that's when I realized, like, okay, like, this is going to scale a little faster uh-huh. than we were expecting. And unfortunately, uh, Kyle and I still had full-time jobs. <laughs> uh, Kyle was running Coin Wars still, which was another full-time job on top of that. And then I'm trying to program Pool Wars and make sure our server infrastructure was ready for all these miners. And it wasn't. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just say that. Uh, it, it took a long time to get the servers figured out because I just didn't know what the load was going to be. And uh, the amount of hash rate we had coming from China was, like, incredible. So then I had a lot of uh, Chinese people reaching out to me, wanting me to set up servers in China. Um, and if you ever tried to set uh, up please a Please tell me you ser- set up a server in Alien. 
I did not. I tried. Alibaba so, Cloud is rough. Trying to set up a remote server in China through a VPN, it was a nightmare. It was just so slow and so painful. Oh yeah. Um, I ended. <laughs> I ended up just giving up because I was just like, this is this is just too much. Um, and trying to admin it remotely. Um, uh, impossible. Yeah. At the end of the day, I was. It was either fly to China. And get everything set up and admin it for like a month in person while everything gets up and stable. And then I hire someone to like monitor remotely. Um, or I just don't do it. And I just went with the latter. Sounds like a good idea now. Uh, now, yeah. At the time, I was, I was kicking myself. 2014, 2015, um, I really thought I should have been doing it. There's so many shit but, coins we could have mined, man. Yeah. Well, so the <laughs> kicker was... Whenever these coins popped up on exchange, you just sold them for Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would ROI on our equipment in like, in some cases, like three days. Uh-huh. Because, the uh, you know, you would mine, we, I mean, we wouldn't pre-mine, but we were pretty damn close to it because we were downloading the GitHub before they'd even announced it on Bitcoin Talk. Right. And we would get like millions and millions of these different coins. Like we ran one of the original Dogecoin pools. So we just had like, and whoever knew Dogecoin. Please tell me you still had some Dogecoin. I still had some Dogecoin. You're a goat. But I had no idea. Like you just have no idea because like Dogecoin was just one of another, like one of the other coins where you're just like, this Absolutely. is a joke. This is a joke. But when it popped up on exchange, we're just like, holy crap. Like each one of these blocks of over a million, Do well, at the time, I think each block was a million Doge was worth about 800 bucks. Yeah. So whenever we hit a block of Doge, we're like, sweet, 800 bucks, payday. Uh -huh. Million Doge. I don't want to talk about it. Right? So <laughs> I had a friend, still have a friend, one of my best friends. He, when I was trying to get all my buddies into Bitcoin, he, he, I asked him, I was like, hey man, you ever heard of Bitcoin? He goes, never heard of Bitcoin, but I've heard of one called Doggy Coin. Oh. And I was like, yeah. great. So I gave him on a paper wallet. Yeah. 10 million Dogecoin. <laughs> and he's like, dude, this is sick. And then when Dogecoin ran, I guess it was maybe last year, mm -hmm. to 40 cents or whatever, he's frantically calling me. Can't hey, man, do you know what you did with that piece of paper? And I was like, the one I told you to not lose, just in case it was ever worth anything? Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. And I was like, let me guess, you lost it? And he's like, yeah. Do you have a backup? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> so he just nuked 4 million bucks. He was pissed. Yeah. Ouch. Oh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about what happened to my Dogecoin wallet. Yeah? On a laptop in a landfill somewhere. And, yep. uh, yeah, those were fun times before it got merged mine with Litecoin. Yeah. Doggy coin. That Dog, was the future, man. That, that was, I, I don't know what that was. Like, it was. It was so, Reddit in its most pure form. What I learned, what I learned from Dogecoin early on was that. These networks and these coins, it does not matter about the technology. The technology does not mean anything. It, it matters the community mm -hmm. that is backing them. Because if the community is like crazy and devoted and just like insane about the project, then that is the winning project. And I remember seeing a, a scraping site that would actually follow these different projects simply by scraping the Twitter feeds, the blog feeds, uh, YouTube, and any social channel possible to basically build a score of how active the community was. And once they had how active the community was, it would basically rate how viable the coin was to survive. Just based on activity. Just based on activity. And and if you see more <laughs> and if you saw more activity on social channels for a coin, 
then you knew that was about to pump. The you knew that it was, it was gonna it was gonna grow, and it's just, it's the same thing. Like it's it, it makes so much sense now looking back at it, but at the time we just thought it was another shit coin. Wow, there's so many shit coins. It's great. Yeah. So that's yeah, all I have. That was that was the the early days for me, and then. Thanks for tuning in to the first, maybe only episode of Two Broke Miners. Quite possibly. Brought to you by StumbleUpon. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag do your own research. Hashtag not financial advice. <laughs> I, how often we're we going to do them? Uh, maybe once a week. Sounds great. Yeah. We'll see you all next year. <laughs> next year. Let's do this. <laughs>